Jake Spavadol is officially here. Baylor is very good at basketball. And does football even need to hit the transfer portal? Let's talk about it. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining another episode of Locked on Bay. We're brought to you by Game Time, and thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. We're bringing you nothing but Baylor athletics content five days a week. We're the only place that does nothing but Baylor athletics content five days a week. That's not coming directly from the university. So appreciate y'all coming along today. We are we are in the thick of it for transfer portal season. That opened up yesterday. If you missed it and you want to, find out who is still on the team and who's trying to not be on the team. Uh, you can find, I did a live video last night uh, on the YouTube channel where you can see literally me going through the list of, of who's here and who's not. But the other big news of yesterday uh, from the football standpoint, well, we have two, as you can see in the rundown that we're going to cover today. But the first one was Jake Spavadol was officially introduced to the media as Baylor's new offensive coordinator. So he sat down with, with head coach Dave Aranda and they answered questions from the assembled media yesterday. And there were, it was mostly fine, mostly unremarkable stuff. There is one thing I want to point out in a couple minutes um, that I didn't, not that I didn't love, I didn't quite understand from Jake Spavadol. But mainly he was just talking about the kind of offense that he wants to run and, and the bridges that he's mending. So he is, he is like we thought, a, a pro style kind of guy. And it used to be, back in the day that you couldn't be a pro style and a spread offense kind of guy. Um, nowadays, that's much more common to be both pro style and spread offense. And that's what he's going to run. And he talked about how um, the spread can allow for some lapses um, on an offensive side that some offenses can't. Um, and he didn't get too specific with it, but I think we saw when when one thing or one guy wasn't going well in the wide zone, it, it just didn't work. And he said, you know, that's that's not the case with the spread because you're using so much more of the field. You can have someone who's not having a banner day or the blocking isn't always fantastic or there's some se- there's not separation on this one corner and it still works out uh, because you're attacking every blade of grass. There's more options that you can go with. And that's what Jake Spavadol has been his whole career. He has been a, a stretch it out vertical spread offense kind of guy. And, and that's something that I've really um, I've remarked on uh, the last week or so talking about his profile with his work at Cal this time around this last year where he comes in and it, it's not a pretty situation. It's not as bad as Baylor's is, but Cal not a good football team, not a good football program most years. They're not competitors in the Pac-12. He comes in, makes them 10 points a game better, makes them over 100 or about 100 yards per game rushing better, um, and they become a more efficient offense, even with him coming in year one, not having his personnel there. So that's what really struck me. He talked about that in the presser as well, basically saying, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be um, like, it doesn't need to be one scheme everywhere I go. I'm adjusting to the personnel. And that's something again, that we saw at Cal, they ran the ball more than his offense has ever really had or as effective as they ever had. Um, and so he shows that he can bring a balanced offense to Baylor. And that's something that 
I know Dave Aranda was looking for. In fact, Dave gave an interesting answer um, and exactly what he was looking for in an offensive coordinator and how Jake Spavadol fit that mold. Here's what he said. I was looking for uh, excitement. Um, I was looking for creativity, explosiveness on offense, a balance of run and pass, uh, fun, you know, scoring points, having fun while you're doing it. And, uh, I think all that is there. It's present in, in uh, Jake's system. You know, you know the the day that it uh, it broke, and prior to the announcement, you know, uh, going around checking in on just the office, kind of doing a walk around, and you know, there's there's guys sitting away in all of our meeting rooms watching his film. You know, and we have uh, Sawyer and, and Jake Roberts watching the USB game, and then we've got another guy watching. UCLA game and just all of it, and so I just think it's way, it's way cool. There's an excitement there that you can see the uh, the uh, the variation and the um, the freedom. Us too, Dave. Us too. <laughs> he sounded like a fan there. Yeah, I can't do the lip smacking. Wanted something fun. I just really wanted some fun excitement. And fun. Like he just sounded like he had no fun this year. And he was just like, you know what? I don't even care if it works or it doesn't. It's exciting. <laughs> I just needed to bring someone in like that. I think that's pretty much what Dave was going for. And look, Dave Spavadol, you look at the resume, it's an exciting offense. It is. And <laughs> I think he was right on with talking about the personnel thing and the balance was the word that he used in there. Um, which obviously we just talked about before the quote, but I just thought it was so funny. He sounded dejected almost like, yeah, I just, I really wanted someone to come in and make it fun again <laughs> to not feel like I was bashing my bald head against a concrete wall watching the offense. It's going to be fun. I hope it's fun. I really want something fun. It sounded like a cry for help a little bit, but we want some fun too, Dave. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Honestly, even though you don't appreciate questions anymore, if you listen to the full presser, um, he doesn't appreciate any questions, which maybe that's a maybe that's a change he needs to make too. Um, but back to Spavadol and what Spavadol said. Um, someone asked him about using the transfer portal and what that's going to look like. Obviously, we, we've we've seen the reports. He's met with um, a few of the players, uh, including Blake Shapin, um, and still couldn't get them to sign on. Um, some of them so and others clearly have shown a vote of confidence in him and coming back but uh, whether they all stayed or whether they all left I think it's pretty clear that they were needed to hit the transfer portal they have some they have some needs on both sides of the ball um, and it might even be easier to diagnose offensively even though the defense was worse much worse last year than the offense was so uh, when asked about the transfer portal this is what Jake Spavadol had to say about this current situation. How much are you going to rely on the transfer portal to kind of do that? You know, that's that's kind of up to coach. Um, you know, and, and we've talked about how there's some some voids that need to be filled at times, and uh, you're going to have to use the portal. Um, but I don't think it's going to be much. I really don't. You know, uh, but I think we have a plan in place now. It could change. Like, I think things change all the time. Um, you know, it's different when you're at a, a power five school than compared to a group of five school, you know, and 
Uh, I think there's different circumstances for every single university that you're at and, uh, and different needs. Um, but with where we're at currently, uh, I don't think there's going to be much, um, but there could be, you know, based off of what happens over the next few days. Red flag, red flag. Hopefully this is just coach talk. I don't want to delve too much into it with the media yet. But saying they don't need to hit the transfer portal all that much, I, I don't love that. And he says, I'm leaving it up to coach, up to coach Aranda, who has obviously not been great in the transfer portal in the past, but he has admitted that. So maybe he's saying, Jake, get in the transfer portal now. Baylor needs that. They have some, obviously, I think they're basically starting from scratch at offensive line. I think um, they had a couple of young tackles out there who got some time, um, Abaselli and Williams, um, and one of their promising young young offensive linemen who didn't get a lot of playing time hit the transfer portal as well, George Maley. So I think you need to start that over, and I think you need an X receiver bad. I think Keetron Jackson is good. Um, Hal Presley doesn't really have the frame to be out there. Um, you you need, at, at worst, a guy who can burn, right? Who can burn defenders down the field, who can... Uh, be some sort of deep threat. And Keytron Jackson was that at times this year, but he had some times where he struggled with separation as well. So I think I think to say that we won't be going to the transfer portal was hopefully just coach speak uh, because they need to do that. And he's a guy who knows it. He was doing it before it was cool. In fact, one of the reasons why he uh, failed at Texas State or, or, or why the administration didn't love him as much was because <clears throat> he didn't do a lot of Texas high school football recruiting. And in that presser, he's kind of almost apologizing for it. He's like, this is the best in the country. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to recruit hard. But he was using the transfer portal very hard, which was, I think, not a bad idea. Hindsight's 2020, But he's at Texas State. So even as good as the Texas recruiting is, you're about 20th in line at Texas State. So it didn't necessarily work out there. I think Baylor is a more attractive place to land for transfers. So I'm hoping... That is the case that he is hitting the transfer portal hard because Baylor really needs it. And I'm, I think it's really promising that some of the players, not the least of which being Sawyer Robertson, your potential starting quarterback next year, was already watching the film and is excited for him to be here. I'm excited for him to be here. Um, and he is keeping one of his best weapons from last year. We're going to talk about that after the break. Because first, I have to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. And it's my favorite place to go and buy tickets because it's the easiest place to go and buy tickets. A couple weeks ago, Drake Toll and I, we went to the Bruins in Dallas to play the Stars. And we waited, waited, waited till we were literally eating dinner in Waxahachie on the way to the American Airlines Center. And what we didn't, we didn't fret because we went to Game Time. Okay, got some some great deals, cheap tickets last minute and got to see where the, where the seats were. And it was a beautiful, beautiful view. So love game time. That's just one time I've used them. I really can't say enough about all the great time, great things they do with tickets and just make ticket buying easy. It's such a hassle now, man, with the hidden fees and the transfers and, and all that crap. Game time doesn't do that. Okay. They make sure you're seeing all the views from your seats they're not doing all these hidden fees. You're paying twice as much as what you're looking for. And they have zone deals. So you can like pick the section you're looking at. Oh, you know, I'm going to the Bruins game. 
a lot of the Stars fans want to be where the Stars are shooting twice. I want to see where the Bruins are shooting twice. They're going to tell you where that is, and they're going to have zone deals going on to that. And you're going to get the best price. Trust me. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. 110%. That's what game time is going to give you. If you find a better deal, they'll own up to it. So what you got to do, take the guesswork out of game time or out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Okay. That is the game time app. Code locked on college, $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. One guy Jake Spavadol has to be happy about making his return to Baylor is Colleen's own Monterey Baldwin. Now, a lot of guys announced over the weekend, I was just trying to highlight the ones that were really notable. And after Richard Reese uh, announces he's coming back on Sunday night, I think it was like midnight on Sunday, uh, Monterey Baldwin says, oh yeah, I'm coming back too. And boy, does this make me happy. The guys who were the the bright spots of the last two seasons, other than the quarterback, are are coming back. Richard Reese, Dawson Pendergrass a little bit this year. Keetron Jackson, again, who I still like at times. I just don't know if he's a true out-and-out number one guy. And Monterey Baldwin, arguably the best playmaker you have on the team. If not, definitely the best playmaker you have on the team. I mean, he's 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 been one of my favorite players the last two years. He always seems to get open um, when, when the... When the brakes are beating the boys, uh, he is open. He is burning defenders. He is a big play machine out of the slot, a machine. And if he was six foot four, he'd be a first round talent. I think this kid has more football to play past the college level, even though he's what five nine and in the one eighties. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but speed kills. He's a really good route runner. Even for, he's not just a burner; like he's. He's a playmaking receiver, and I was worried that he might not come back. Now, this offense does fit him well, but then again, a lot of programs are running a good spread offense, and all of them can use playmakers who can get open down the field and outrun everybody when they get the football. So Monterey coming back is, I think, a big lift for this offense. He's a guy who has been there and done that. I mean, he's... If you watch any of the Baylor Plus stuff in that UCF comeback, he was very vocal with his teammates for a guy who's not very outspoken. Um, you know, you're not seeing him all the time making social media videos or anything. He he's a guy who doesn't say a lot, but when when he says stuff, clearly his teammates listen, and he's not afraid to call them out either in in a healthy way. Um, after the Tech game, he said it said it how it was said it how we were all seeing it that you know there were guys who were just waiting for something to happen, uh, waiting for someone else to make a play. And time and time again, even when there's been effort questions all around the field around him, Monterey Baldwin is not that guy. How many times has he given them a lifeline in a football game the last two years? He is a money player. Even in a year where he got like three touches, he had the go-ahead fourth-quarter touchdown in the Sugar Bowl. So, I mean, this kid is so legit, and I thought he was going to get uh, some big offers in the in the portal this year. And who knows? There was probably coaches who were reaching out to him and programs reaching out to him. But 
He's a guy who didn't get a lot of attention out of high school, had a shoemaker high in Colleen. Um, Baylor was by far his best offer. He was going to go to Incarnate Word, um, which I don't know that he would have gotten. I don't think that was G.J. Kinney yet, um, but he might have gotten him a couple years down the line. Uh, and so with, with each passing game that he played well, I was like, man, this is a kid who was fighting and clawing for offers when when he was coming out of high school, right? Baylor came in late. He jumped at the chance and proved that he earned his spot. And there's two different ways a guy like that can go with it. Either they can say, I've been hungry since day one. I'm going to keep climbing. I know there's better opportunities out there. I'm going to keep climbing. Or there are guys who say, Baylor took a chance on me. I know I can get to where I want to be at Baylor. Um, and I am going to be the very best player here at the place that that took a chance on me. And I'm going to be loyal to them. And that's clearly the latter is the way that Monterey Baldwin went. And that's such a huge lift for Baylor. So with that, a lot of receivers, the receiving core coming back. Um, I still think they need that alpha out there. We haven't heard from Armani Winfield, but it looks like Hal Presley's coming back. Josh Cameron's coming back. Um, there's someone in there I missed. Keytron Jackson, obviously I said that earlier. Uh, he's coming back as well. So you've got a, a good core with some nice players, but you know it, it wasn't enough to get it done last year. So that's something I think they need to still hit the portal in. Um, Anyway, that's going to be the craziness of this week and and really this month. Transfer portal, who's coming in, who's going out. Uh, but the best part about this month is Baylor is playing games in basketball. And they're playing them like very, very well. And if you are looking for guys in the transfer portal, what you probably should use is another episode or oh, Jesus, another sponsor of today's episode, which is LinkedIn Talent Solutions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They have the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster than anyone else and for free. LinkedIn isn't just any other job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And it's easy to find that many quality candidates when you use LinkedIn, not anywhere else. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So they know that you're wearing a lot of different hats with your business. You can't just spend all your time trying to hire people. That's why they hire you out. They make it, it intuitive, quick, and easy. Uh, so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. Basketball, basketball, basketball. Curtis Blow's favorite sport and what has to be the favorite sport at Baylor these days. The Bears move into the top 10 in the coaches or the AP poll. Um, we're all following Ken Palm now as Big 12 fans because that's what really matters. Uh, and Baylor now gets the respect from the AP. With all the chaos that ensued in the top 10 last week, Baylor slots themselves right in there at number six in the poll this week. Uh, that is That makes Baylor the only team to have both their men's and women's basketball in the top 10. And the schedule is going to get better, at least more exciting, uh, because I think after this next game tonight against Seton Hall, 
They will have two games in a row that I hope are against ranked teams, but those teams that they're playing are making trying to make sure that it's not that case. That would be Michigan State and Duke before the holidays. And th- it's a good tune-up, obviously. Those should be top 10 teams. But Scott Drew has also been pretty good at getting kind of power five tune-ups, if you will. Um, because you don't see Auburn in the rankings yet, but we saw them. That's a good basketball team. That's That could be a tournament team. Probably is a tournament team. And the SEC, another one in the SEC, Florida in, in New York uh, a couple weeks ago and Black Friday. That's a good team. You're not going to see them in the top 25 just yet, but that's a tournament team. And Baylor played them on the second uh, for their second game in three days and scored 91 on them. They gave up a lot of points, but they won the game. <laughs> Seton Hall is that way too. Seton Hall is a team that was in the only in the NIT last year, although they did have some big wins. They did beat UConn um, in the Big East. And I, I think Seton Hall is a team that could make that jump this year, uh, the second year under Shaheen Holloway. You'll remember him. He was the uh, St. Peter's coach that knocked off Kentucky and went to the Elite Eight. Yes, this guy had... St. Peter's one win away from the final four. By the way, that was Baylor's side of the bracket because they lost to UNC uh, and Carolina went to the final four. So this, this guy can coach. Um, he's really going to try to slow the game down. I think he, he plays very much a half court style, um, which Baylor isn't exactly running all over everybody, but they, they like to get out in transition with the amount of points they're scoring, but they are still a deadly half court basketball team. This is probably the best offensive team we've seen under this and in the Scott Drew era. Last year was right up there as well. Um, obviously, 2021 was excellent. Uh, still a very good defensive team, and that was still more their bread and butter. But this could well be the best offensive team that Scott Drew has ever had in, in 20 years here at Baylor. They could they can shoot the lights out. In fact, uh, I saw this great tweet today. Um, it was kind of a graph. Of, of um, of what they, gosh, it's it's a graph of shooting basically, <laughs> and teams who are shooting well at a high volume, teams that should shoot more, teams that are shooting too much because they're inefficient, uh, teams that can't shoot and they know it is the way they put this, and room to shoot more within the right context. So shoot a lot, make a lot, keep it up. Overusing the inefficient three ball, can't shoot and they know it, and room to shoot more. Okay, those are basically the four categories. And it's kind of a line graph here. And then there's one team that is above all of those. And it's under the under the subtitle, good Lord. In a good way. And that's the Baylor Bears. They are so far ahead of everyone. And so that means they shoot it a lot and they make it a lot. That's something I talked about going into the season. They've got shooters everywhere. Everywhere, man. And 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 the best part about it is they they had shooters everywhere last year, okay? But they don't need it the way they needed it last year. They still shoot a lot and they still make a lot. They're scoring 90 points. Last year they needed to shoot a lot and make a lot to make 75 points. They had no threat in the paint on either side of the floor. Eve Misi changes that 1,000%. And he is another reason why they are so good in efficiency. They are number one in the nation in adjusted offense. Number one in the nation. 
And by the way, their defense gets better by the game too. I know Northwestern State stinks. I know. They held them to 40 points. That's insane at the Division I level. 40 points. They're number 44 in the nation in adjusted defense. Well, Cam, that doesn't jump off the page. Well, yeah, but they keep moving up every game. And for as great as that 2021 team was defensively, and they were, they were great. In terms of the Ken Palm adjusted defensive ratings, they were 22nd. So not top five, not top 10, 22nd. So if Baylor keeps moving in on this pace, they're going to be challenging that 2021 team in terms of the numbers, just the raw numbers. That's a good position to be in. And I've said it before, it doesn't mean they're as good as that 21 team, but they are deeper than that 21 team. 21 team probably had more top-end talent. Of course, they were the national champions. <laughs> but this team has excellent top-end talent and are deeper. If they stay healthy and they continue to improve defensively every game, they're going to be scary good. Like, scary good in what is obviously a great top-to-bottom conference, the best conference in America. But I say top-to-bottom, it's great, and it's true. But the top three in this conference right now can all be in the Final Four, if the bracket permits. Kansas, Houston, and Baylor are all Final Four caliber teams. And we have seen that Baylor is a cut above Texas as well, who is also a pretty good team. They're going to be scary good. And Seton Hall is a nice little tune-up, okay? In terms of the Ken Palm rankings, Baylor is sixth, which is now their coach's poll ranking. And Seton Hall's 62, okay? Not great. Not as good as Florida. A lot better than Oregon State, who you kick the crap out of. So we'll see. Um, it's a good test. It's a good test, especially when you're a couple days removed from your last game and it's, you know, 10 days, I think, before uh, the Michigan State game, maybe 11. I think that's the 16th that they play Michigan State. So this is going to be a good test. Your second to last time to get out in the feral and see the Baylor men's basketball team. It's going to be my last time at the F Shack. It's going to be a little emo. I am really look forward to the Foz a lot better. Um, the Foster Pavilion, it, it's going to be great. And, and the Feral Center is quite honestly a dump, and there's nothing great about it. But, you know, I like going to basketball games there. I used to like, on weeknights, sitting way up by myself in the GA and just taking it all in. I graduated there. It'll still be around, but I don't have any reason to go if if Baylor basketball isn't playing there. And I'm excited about the Foster Pavilion. And I'm excited about this Baylor basketball team. Tell me what you think about this month upcoming here for Baylor basketball where they get Michigan State and Duke and close out the Farrell Center. Emotional month before heading into uh, the, the gauntlet that is the Big 12 schedule. Be sure to like and subscribe. Drop a comment down in the comment section. Uh, it all helps the algorithm quite a bit. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at RealCamStewart and, of course, at LockedOnBaylor is where we will have all your updates. We're going to talk a little more transfer portal this week, of course, but we'll have a full breakdown of the win against Seton Hall uh, for tomorrow's show. Thank you for joining me, and join again tomorrow on Locked on Baylor.